0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Indianapolis today. I'm Sean Kelly. We are in Indy, getting ready for the Pelicans and the Pacers tonight. That'll be at 6 p.m. Central. We'll have all the broadcast details for you a little bit later in the show. We'll be talking Pelicans basketball today on this uh, podcast with Justin Barrier from ESPN.com. Uh, I really like Justin's work. He's got some new stuff on ESPN.com, as a matter of fact, this week regarding Anthony Davis and the All-NBA team, and uh, we shall talk about that. Uh, it seems That part of me wants to kind of just ignore it, um, but I am a voter, and uh, it does matter not only for AD, but for the team too, and so we'll kind of delve into this uh, bit of a sticky situation here with regard to um, Anthony's max contract, uh, the max amount of money can be earned and why the All-NBA team matters, Uh, and then also Justin and I will kind of glance over uh, some of the uh, storylines left on the table here in the uh, final dozen games or so. Uh, did you watch the uh, Warriors and Clippers last night? Boy, <laughs> Clippers had no answer for Golden State. Uh, it was an enjoyable watch. Heck, the uh, next Bulls game was uh, was fairly interesting as well. And now NCAA basketball fires back up again for the weekend. And it'll be a pretty serious weekend when you look at the teams involved with the NCAA tournament. So even, even though your bracket may be in shambles, go ahead and enjoy that starting again here today as well as we begin the Sweet 16 play. Uh, on the football side, certainly as promised, we want to deliver some of the highlights from yesterday's Sean Payton press conference at the NFL owners meetings in Florida. We'll do that today uh, and kind of just pick out maybe four to five of the, uh, I guess, what we would determine is maybe some of the highlights of, uh, of quite a long session with Coach Payton yesterday. We'll do that uh, in earnest and, uh, and then at the end of the show, I have a, um, a very special announcement on who will be with us tomorrow. I think that you'll enjoy today, but tomorrow as well, especially on the uh, football side. So stay with us. We'll begin our uh, conversations here in just a moment. We'll go football first with head coach Sean Payton. And then again, bringing in Justin Verrier from ESPN.com here on this Thursday.
0: The magic of voodoo barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best, it's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood voodoo barbecue today.
2: Join us at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, March 26th at 6 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans tip off against the Toronto Raptors. Come out early for Pelicans Fest. The fun starts at 4.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. Speaking of the Pelicans dance team, it's dance team night, and the first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a dance team poster. Tickets start as low as $21, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today.
1: For Fast
0: Relief, call Keith. Summer is coming and Keef's air conditioning and heating is ready to serve you. Keef's offers a 25-point precision A.C. tune-up for only $119. Get your A.C. ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keef's and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed.
3: Keef's air conditioning and
0: heating. For Fast Relief, call Keef. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Still to come on today's Black and Blue Report, Justin Barrier from ESPN.com. will be talking uh, Pelicans and a lot of uh, different angles there with Justin. Uh, we'll do so him in just a moment. First, though, football, and as promised, uh, some of the highlights from Sean Payton's uh, press conference yesterday at the annual NFL owners' meetings. Uh, by the way, the entire presser, which is... Fifty plus minutes is now available for you on NewOrleansSaints.com. Um, I've simply picked out, I think, four of the highlights here that we wanted to perhaps uh, gloss over today and let you hear Coach Payton's words directly, as opposed to um, you know, I don't know, summarizing what he had to say yesterday. Obviously, we got the rapid reaction from John DeShazer, but today let's take you through four of the different. Um, uh, things that I think are most important, perhaps, out of that uh, entire 50-plus minute session. Uh, you may think that there are some other things that, uh, you know, fall under uh, the category of higher importance, and uh, you'll be able to d- digest and dissect all that you want uh, by going to that on com. But certainly, here's four topics that I think that I wanted to mention before we kind of move on from the NFL owners' meetings. First of which is the is the defensive side of the football. Now, even with the free agent signings that have happened so far, and we're talking about um, you know uh, a couple of different uh, linebackers headlined by James Laranitis, uh, certainly improving defensively is a very high priority for Coach Payton and the Saints defense. And uh, Coach talked about not only how they're doing that, you're looking to do that through uh, free agency, but also the draft too.
3: I like the makeup and the culture right now of our guys the young players we have on that side of the ball into the veteran players. We just need to add more of them Um, need to have more of them. I I think we have a chance to, we're going to try. We're going to try. If you said, Hey, what specific areas? uh, I would say we need to find somebody that can rush the passer. Um, I think we can find that in this draft. Uh, We need to find help in that defensive front seven and I think we can find that in this draft. Um, You know, there's that proverbial must need want list, but there's a few musts here on that side of the ball though. Three technique, pass rusher. Um, We've addressed some spots over at linebacker and there's still a need for a safety. Uh, but, But I think we can. And, and, and certainly, it can't be where it was last year.
1: Certainly, while the Saints' offense uh, is not as high of a need as the defense, O line has some particular attention uh, on it right now. Uh, obviously, with the guard position being a, 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 a major storyline there, the continued development of Andres Pete also uh, certainly a hot topic here as we enter his second season. Coach talked about Andres Pete and uh, obviously this ongoing process in. Making sure they've got the best offensive line out there in front of quarterback Drew Brees.
3: Well, it's part of the equation. We look there's a few linemen in this draft. There's a few of them that are tackles that you might move the guard. Um, some of them, I'm sure, will play early for some of these teams. And if uh, that opportunity presents itself for us, um, you know, we wouldn't hesitate in the selection. And then, and then. Uh, you got to let him kind of turn that that tick but I think there's a few of those guys that can do that this year.
1: Staying on the offensive side of the football tight end always a very important position in a Sean Payton offense and one of the uh, big uh, free agent signings is that of Kobe Fleener and coach seems very happy with that addition to his team.
3: Fleener became available and not just a, but we had to look closely at him because of his age and I said, I SAID TO MICKEY, I SAID, LOOK, I'VE GOT A VISION THAT'S VERY, VERY CLEAR FOR HIM. Um, I KNOW HIS COLLEGE COACH WELL. WE SPOKE, AND WITH WHERE HE WAS AT AND WHERE WE WERE AT, THERE WAS REALLY A GOOD FIT. NUMBER ONE, he's, he, HE CAN RUN. Uh, HE'S EXCEPTIONALLY FAST. NUMBER TWO, I THINK HE'S A GUY WHO'S REAL GOOD IN great in separation with his routes, but I would I would say he's an elite route runner off the two years I watch. So I watched the last two years every snap. Um, he knows the system that we're running, there'll be a little bit more vocal in it for him with regards to some of the seam routes, um, but he's a big target. I think he knows how to separate from defenders. And when I see him in man or, or in match coverage, I watch him do the right thing every time, you know, and there's, there's games where you can watch the tape and say, man, if we threw it to him eight times in a row, we're going to eight completions. Um, but I think there's, there's a skill set. And I think after seeing this first season, I, I remember just having the discussion with Mickey thinking, you know, I, I know exactly how we use this player. And I'm confident he'll have success.
0: Is he closer kind of to what he had with, with Jimmy?
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, without a comparison, hes he'd say he's receiver first. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: And then finally, kind of uh, you know, using John DeShazer's words from yesterday, at the risk of burying the lead here, I've, I've kind of saved the Sean Payton contract talk till, till last. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, as far as newsmaking goes, that was the newsmaker. Coming out of the 50-plus-minute uh, session yesterday, Coach Payton uh, announcing that he is about to sign a new contract extension to remain the uh, New Orleans Saints for the next five years as their head coach. And here now is Coach Payton with that, I guess, uh, semi-surprise yesterday. Sean, is it important to you to coach in one place for a long time? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I I said this in the off-season. This is uh, – this is where I see myself uh, coaching. I've got my briefcase somewhere, and shoot, another contract there. that's going to be for another five years, and it's something that we've worked on, Mickey and I, and uh, Dennis Lauscha. Um, you know, you kind of feel uh, there's so much of you in there that uh, I don't, I don't see myself working anywhere else. Nope, not yet. So it's not breaking news, but the point is that was something that began when the season ended. And um, it's a good thing. You know, there's been really good stability and consistency and that ownership. We just had dinner with Mr. B last night, Mickey. And
4: uh,
3: I think that it it doesn't guarantee anything, but it gives you a chance. And... uh, it's been, it's been very functional. I, hadn't it already been broken, or?
4: Just that you were gonna
3: resign. Right. So I'm planning on <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think soon I just got it. So I mean, I, I don't like walk around and carry it. And I just, when you brought it up, I started thinking, man, did I bring that with me? Or did I leave that like in the hotel somewhere? And then I started getting nervous. Another five years means a lot, you know, uh, for our program, we're 16 now, 16, 17, 18, 19 through 2020, Um, it's that stability uh, and look, the vision for us to, to find success and get back into the postseason. I know this. There's nothing worse than coming to the owners' meeting. That first one you're in, they kind of go season review by NFL films, and and uh, it's why we do it. You know, it's the excitement. We've had years where we've taken it for granted. Six was a was a special year. It was unique. Nine, ten, eleven, thirteen, uh, and yet sometimes you find yourself spending more time. Uh, on trying to shake 15 or 14, you know, more time on why we weren't good enough. And we've got to be better at the end of games. Uh, That's for sure. We finished and in the last two years lost some games, lost a number of them uh, in the last five minutes of the game. Um, But defensively, Dennis and staff—they've uh, got their hands full, but I, I think we'll be able to add the right pieces. Is this accurate? Yes. Can we read that to everyone? Well,
2: let me tweet it first. <laughs> All
3: right. <laughs> I don't want to say a formality, but we kind of knew that—that um, that it was going to happen, and honestly, and I don't. We're in the middle of free agency and and working on a few of these defensive players, and at some point, Mickey said, "Hey, I got to get this to you," and I said, "Yeah." I I mean, I wasn't like waiting every day, like, "Where's the paperwork?" Because there's a a protocol with the attorneys. So, I think for us, it was a formality after that point. That last week at the end of the season. You know, in other words, it would get done. And actually, I don't know why it's in this briefcase and why it's here and not at home. I'm not gonna sign it here. <laughs> I'll look, over I'll look like the, the college recruit <laughs> with the, <laughs> I put my hat on and say, I just ended up, I just keep everything in the one briefcase. So, but um, no, I think that, that stability, obviously, I don't take for granted, and uh, and I very much appreciate the opportunities we have to coach and to work with players and to work within the ten- framework of a good o- good group, a good organization, and uh, you know we're we're all fortunate to be doing something we love.
1: All right, so there you have, and again, the entire presser is now available on New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think Coach Peyton also appeared on the Dan Patrick Radio Show today. Uh, you may see uh, bits and pieces of that coming through Twitter and other social media outlets here on this Thursday. This Thursday has basketball on our minds, and we'll turn our attention to that. We'll continue on the Black and Blue Report.
2: If you haven't experienced our new and improved Sideline Premier Seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline Premier Seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are
1: listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans! Welcome back. We will turn our attention out to the Pelicans who play uh, here in Indianapolis tonight against the Pacers. Just a handful of games to go now. We're down to it, and uh, unfortunately, it gets harder and harder to talk about the Pelicans and, 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 and the importance of these remaining games, but we'll, we'll, we'll effort to do so, and Justin Verrier from ESPN.com joins us. He covers the Pelicans on a daily basis for that national uh, publication, website, uh, television network. Uh, it's an all-encompassing media empire, isn't it, Justin?
4: Yes, we're, we're a leviathan, pretty much.
1: <laughs> Have you gotten used to the on-camera stuff yet?
4: I haven't done much of it, luckily, um... And it's probably for the best because um, I'm still trying to figure that part out of it. I've been writing most of my life rather than speaking on, in camera. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll be thrown into the fire eventually, and we'll just have to, we'll have to deal with it.
1: Speaking of the riding part and, and your coverage of the Pelicans, uh, do you have kind of a, a game plan here for the last dozen or so games on what you want to really zero in on as the Pelicans wind down this uh, less than spectacular season?
4: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people, especially from outside, maybe not New Orleans or maybe not Pelicans fans, might not necessarily be looking at these last few games as all that interesting. And surely the basketball might not be all that interesting as we've kind of seen over the past few games maybe. Um, But, you know, they face some pretty essential questions here going forward. Uh, I think the injuries are a concern. At the very least, there are questions and reasonable questions to be raised about those given uh, the recent history that they've had over the past few years. Uh, And I also think that in terms of roster construction and who they're going to keep going forward, uh, I think this period might be pretty big in determining that. I think, obviously, Drew seems like he's going to be here for a while at the very least. He's under contract for a year. But which of these guys on the team are going to end up staying? Is it Tim Frazier going to catch on? Uh, Do you keep some of of these other guys that are kind of filling in roles here and get to see what they do? So, uh, from that perspective, I think it's going to be interesting just in a, a long-term rebuilding project.
1: And how complicated, Justin, would, do you think this is going to be for Dell Demps and the Pelicans' front office come summertime?
4: You know, I think, it, I think there could be a situation where things change. Uh, I think there might be a situation where, you know, we, we might see some of the same core guys being brought back. Uh, I think it's funny that, uh, after everything that's happened this season, and there's been a lot of injuries and just the, the poor start the team got off to in large part because of the injuries, I think we forget that if everyone was healthy, you know, this team might still be the team that we thought they were coming into the season. Uh, I know everyone had high hopes for Anthony Davis just taking over the world, and I always think about that TNT graphic that, that got thrown around of AD kind of growing throughout the years and eventually becoming Godzilla. Um and, you know, he obviously didn't take that sort of leap forward. But at the very least, I think a lot of people are projecting the Pelicans to be in the playoffs, not necessarily on the level of a Golden State, a San Antonio, an Oklahoma City even. Um, and I still think that had they kept that team, considering the way the West has gone, it would have made the playoffs, I feel pretty comfortable saying. Um, and if you think about it from that perspective, if that's kind of the goal to just get the playoffs sort of, go from there and maybe tweak things as they're going along from that point. I think there's still that possibility if you want to bring back Orion, uh, if you want to keep the the basic core together, there's still that there. But then there's also kind of more possibilities. You have this draft pick, which I think is essential uh, to any franchise going forward. Just the way the CBA works now, just because of uh, people getting so much money, especially this offseason coming up with the jump in the cap, Uh, that draft pick is going to be a huge asset, not only maybe just to pick a guy, but maybe spin it forward and get someone even better to hit the ground running next season.
1: Interesting. Um, Of the guys, Justin, that are going to be playing the bulk of the minutes here down the stretch, are are there any names uh, that intrigue you more than, say, um, the surface would tell you? Uh, you You mentioned Tim Frazier a little bit there, but are there others that are cast into these new roles because of the injuries that are going to get a, a heavier look than, say, they would under normal circumstances?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think Tim would be the guy I would nominate there. just because he had such success there, and I think I look at what Ish Smith did when he was with the Pelicans. Uh, I, I thought he had a really interesting effect on the team. Just, you know, he has his flaws. He's little, so he'll get kind of swallowed up on screens, and uh, not necessarily a shooter, but they just seemed to play, the Pelicans seem to play with just a pace that you just didn't see otherwise. And when you have AD Anthony Davis is, as your kind of focal point, especially offensively, you want to get that guy the ball as, as much as possible. And I think I, what I've been calling Tim Frazier is pretty much an everyman-ish Smith, not necessarily a poor man-ish Smith, but he brings some of the things to the table there that you got from Ish. And so I wonder if he can kind of, catch on to this roster going forward. Uh, Another one would be Omar Asik. Uh, I think you wonder, given the contract that he signed uh, last offseason, what the team wants to do with him going forward. Uh, There are times where he would only play six minutes a game, and that was even pretty recently as the injuries were coming. Uh, You've seen him over the past two games with AD out now, just kind of playing a bit more. His minutes kind of getting into that 20 range and him showing a little bit more comfortability on the floor. Uh, So I think you wonder going forward, and that's a particularly big question because I still think you want a big defensive center next to AD at least sometimes, at least in the rotation, because he's still growing, his body is still growing, and I still think uh, the team wants to protect him a little bit. And you hear Alvin talk about that, Alvin Gentry talk about that sometimes too.
1: Justin Barrier with us from ESPN.com. Hey, Justin, when I look at the schedule, starting with the Indiana tonight, you've got Toronto uh, at the Smoothie King Center on Saturday, uh, you know, a road game at San Antonio next week. There are, there are some very engaging dates still left on the schedule. Uh, and in some ways, the Pelicans can have some say in some of these teams' fates, you know, albeit as a spoiler or whatever cliche you want to use. Um, d- does faring well or playing a spoiler role benefit these Pelicans in any way? And the reason I guess I bring this up is because you talk to these players and coaches, they won't have any, any part of any conversation with regard to, quote-unquote, tanking at this point. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I think, I think Sunday was the biggest example of that, right? So, Alvin Gentry comes out, tells us why uh, Andy Davis is being shut down for the season, and they go out and beat the fourth-best team in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, my understanding is just inter- even if tanking, let's just say, happens in the NBA, just for conversation's sake, uh, it doesn't filter down to the locker room so much as these guys still are trying to win. And quite frankly, a lot of the guys that are playing now are playing for their professional careers. Like, they're, if, if they're not going to catch on in New Orleans, at the very least, they're looking to make an impact and show that they could play somewhere. So maybe some of these guys might not be here for the long term, uh, maybe past this year, even. Uh, but these guys are all professionals. I think they're all looking to uh, to put the best foot forward on the court to show what they can do. And I think you've seen even as injuries have happened, even before they shut down AD, uh, a lot of these guys and a lot of these games were were kind of going down to the wire. Uh, and it's surprising because we had a joke on press row is, you know, every every deadline column and, and story being written kind of has to have two versions because They've just been in it the whole time. So it's mm-hmm. been pretty exciting to watch, uh, despite the fact that maybe the wins haven't really been there.
1: Yeah, interesting. Equally as interesting is the piece that you wrote uh, on ESPN.com here about Anthony Davis and the all-NBA team. Um, I'm, Justin, part of me says, I'm not so sure that the average fan gives two hoots about whether or not Anthony Davis... <laughs> will make the All-NBA team and earn an extra $24 million uh, with regard to the Derrick Rose clause. Um, I think part of that has to do with maybe there's some confusion here on what all this means. And, and, and then maybe um, is there something that, that you would say to fans on why it matters or why it doesn't matter for Anthony Davis to make this All-NBA team on a, on a grander scale than, than a nice hefty pay raise for AD.?
4: Sure. Yeah, I think I think his accountant cares. I think uh, his H&R Block member probably cares a little bit, just in terms of his future workload. Uh, I think the team also would care. So the way this works, uh, once you sign a max extension, if you are still on your rookie contract, uh, if you hit certain benchmarks, which are if you are an All-Star starter twice, uh, if you are on one of all three. Or one of three, excuse me, all NBA teams twice, or if you have one in an MVP award during your rookie contract, you were eligible for a five percent raise that you normally wouldn't get in a max contract. So you go from 25 percent of the cap to 30 percent of the cap, which at this point estimates out to about 24, 25 million. It's kind of you know up in the air depending on what the cap ends up being. Um, and the money just doesn't come from nowhere. This isn't just like a bonus that Tom Benson just pulls out from his vault. Uh, this comes from the available salary cap space that the Pelicans have, uh, which is important because if AD does not get that bonus, or let's just say payout because bonus might not be technically correct, uh, that's going to keep them from having that money at their disposal and, the, and thus get guys or put that money toward guys in the offseason that might be able to help AD. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a a big question here going forward because not only does, might he get a pretty large sum of money over the course of his contract, but the team might also be able to put that to use otherwise, uh, otherwise. And while I don't think that they would ever root against AD for, to, to get that, he's their star player. They want him to have as much as, you know, he can earn and he's definitely deserving of it as one of the best young
1: talents in the league.
4: But at the very least, it would be a nice little bonus if he didn't end up getting for them going forward.
1: It seems like something that ought to be eliminated. And the reason I say that is, boy, doesn't it make it sticky here between teams and players to say, you know, hey, look, we really want our franchise guy to be as happy as happy can be. But at the same time, we have actually some benefit for him not earning all that's there available to him. I, I, I don't know why anybody would have agreed to this.
4: Yeah, it's a really uncomfortable situation, and I think it's particularly uncomfortable for media members at this point. Uh, for instance, I don't have a vote, but it, and the votes are made public. If I had to see AD every day after I did not vote for him and did not say that he was worthy of one of these spots, uh, it would make it for a really uncomfortable situation. Uh, and even, I don't know if it's worse, but it's definitely on par, but part of the stipulations in order to reach this extra five percent one of them is all-star starter and that even is voted on by fans. so you're getting to the point where it's pretty much a popularity contest uh... so i don't know i, I it's a really weird rule and i gotta i gotta figure that they're going to take a look at this in the next cba negotiations especially in light of this because it's a really uncomfortable situation for a lot of different people
1: yeah, I mean, I vote on it, and and I'm not so sure I feel so comfortable about it either. I, you know, look at trying to vote just simply on the merits of what what he put forth this season. So with that being said, part of your piece was kind of an informal poll of of guys like me, um, and I guess maybe the you know when you when you uh, start to boil your uh, piece down a little bit, it it comes down to perhaps one big question: Will he make one of the three All NBA teams? And 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 are you able to? you know, based on your poll, Justin, give us some idea of of what will happen here.
4: Yeah, so the way that I conducted the poll was, it was a a multiple-choice question. It was, uh, do you see yourself voting for Anthony Davis, or how likely do you see yourself voting for Anthony Davis? And it gave four choices. It was very likely, somewhat likely, uh, somewhat unlikely, and very unlikely. Uh, You saw, saw answers going over to both, but the majority, I believe, 15 of the 28 people uh, I ended up getting for the poll uh, said somewhat likely um, I think a big factor is in it is going to be whether or not people end up voting for him at center so the forward crop is, is pretty thick right now you have a lot of guys who are pretty much shoo at this point so LeBron James Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Draymond Green I think you can count on those guys to fill four of the forward spots in the first two teams Um, the last two are kind of up in the air and maybe AD sneaks in there, but I think the center crop is where he was definitely, in my mind, if I had a vote, uh, I would stick him because 56% of his available minutes are, are at center. Um, some guys I talked to or some voters that I talked to said they weren't too sure if they'd be willing to do that. Just because he is the starting power forward of the New Orleans Pelicans. He starts at forward and that's kind of the position he's always kind of said that he plays. Um, So, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting question about where people stick them in. I think you could definitely make the case for him at this point, Um, but there's also, you know, three weeks, I believe, of the season left, and let's say Hassan Whiteside just goes on an absolute tear. Let's say Andre Drummond just, you know, just kills it over the next month or so. Uh, Does that change things? So there's still a lot to be decided, but as of this point, I think it's a good sign that he may end up getting it.
1: Yeah, I think if I had to vote today, he's in. Uh, and I would also also want to, as you just said, um, hold my vote just to see what the rest of the regular season looks like, too. So uh, it is interesting. It is very interesting. So, Justin, as always, I appreciate it. We're so glad that you're uh, now covering the team on a regular basis. And uh, it's just another set of eyeballs and uh, and thoughts that go toward uh, the team that that we follow, of course. And so appreciate it and uh, and look forward to seeing you back at home on Sunday or Saturday rather.
3: All right, Sean,
1: appreciate it. You got it, Justin Verrier from ESPN.com. Good conversation this morning. It's ongoing, to say the least. um, And it's out of Anthony's hands at this point, too. That's the other aspect of the situation. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Josh (laughs)
2: Groben. On stage. Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square. Featuring songs from his new album, Stages, as well as his classic hits. With very special guest, Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1 800 745 3000. Your New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guys' Night Out six-pack, presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley's throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guys' Night Out on Thursday, March 31st against the Denver Nuggets. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys' Night Out today.
0: It's Pelicans Game Day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: We're about to wrap things up here on this Thursday. Don't forget, tonight uh, we have a a full block of Pelicans uh, programming for you on the radio, starting at 5 Central Time on 99.5 WRNO-FM, the flagship station of the uh, Pelicans Radio Network. We'll get started with the Alvin Gentry Show. That'll be 30 minutes with head coach Alvin Gentry. That will lead us up to Pelicans warm-up starting at 5.30 with Daniel Salerson. And then it's the Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers at 6 Central tonight from uh, the Banker's Life Fieldhouse just down the street from us here at the Team Hotel. We'll look for you on the radio tonight. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to talk to Coach Gentry here in a few minutes uh, to um, tape his, uh, his segments of his radio show for this, div- this evening's uh, festivities. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we uh, have two very good guests First of all, new Saints linebacker James Laronidas will be our guest for the first time. I uh, I'm eager to get to know him a little bit, and also we have a kind of a bit of a, a history piece in Brian Schweda, who is our uh, our other guest tomorrow. And uh, Brian is a member of the original Saints uh, team, the inaugural season. As we uh, kind of embark now on this 50th season of Saints football, we'll be doing more and more of this. But our first such guest is. Um, former Saints defensive end Brian Schweda, and uh, he'll kind of take us back in time to what that was like, uh, that first season in New Orleans. Uh, Brian also now has himself in the uh, sport of Kings, horse racing. He's a trainer over at the fairgrounds, and we'll gather some thoughts from him uh, to set up the uh, Louisiana Derby, which runs on Saturday, and that, of course, features uh, Mo Tom, Mr. Tom Benson's uh, horse, one of two out of the uh, GB stables. Motom obviously is uh, trying to finish uh, probably, I think, in the top three to uh, really fully secure uh, himself a spot in the Kentucky Derby. So good show tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for the Friday edition. Hopefully we'll be talking about a Pelicans win as well uh, after tonight's game here in Indianapolis. All right, thanks again to Justin Verrier today uh, as one of our guests and to uh, all those who helped bring us uh, the, uh, the sound from yesterday's Sean Payton press conference. For Daniel Sallerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you tonight on the radio and then right back here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com.